In Formula One races, the expression timing is everything carries a significant meaning. Drivers and teams need to know exactly how fast the cars are running at certain points around the track. It is a sport where timing is everything and nothing can be left to uncertainty. And the use cases for accurate timing have been around for decades. Timing is what enables communication systems to work, time is essential for global navigation systems to function, and timing is what makes automation possible. SciTime is a precision timing company supplying industries with oscillators, devices that generate oscillatory currents or voltages by non-mechanical means. Quartz crystals have been used in timekeeping technology, including clocks, watches, computers, and other devices that keep time. On 19 September 2023, SciTime announced the SciTime Epoch platform, designed to solve the most complex timing issues in electronics and claiming to disrupt the 100-year-old quartz-based technology. The SciTime Epoch platform is a microelectromechanical system based oven controlled oscillator that delivers an ultra stable clock to data center and network infrastructure equipment. SciTime claims that over time, the Epoch technology will be extended to other high growth electronic markets such as aerospace and defense and industrial controls, among others. Future IoT spoke to Piyush Sevalia, Executive Vice President Marketing at SciTime, to discuss precision timing and its significance across a wide expanse of use cases. What follows is a discussion on the significance of SciTime's epoch announcement and how it changes things when it comes to precision timing. A little bit of background about SciTime and the timing industry, just to kind mm -hmm. of get you familiar with it. All electronics today needs timing. Your cell phone will probably have anywhere between three and seven timing devices in it. Your watch, your smartwatch, will probably have anywhere between two and four timing devices in it. Your laptop computer probably will have four to eight timing devices, depending on the features you're using. Mm. So literally everything needs timing. I mean, in a way, you can think about it in the way that, you know, we depend on time in our lives. We are run by calendars. Everything is on time, so to speak. Electronics, that's the same thing. And for the longest time, for about 100 years, the way to generate a time, a clock signal in electronics was to use this technology called quartz crystals. Quartz crystals exhibit a piezoelectric effect and they basically resonate at a constant frequency. And that is what is used as a timing reference in electronics. And we came along way back in 2005 when we were founded and we said, instead of doing it with quartz crystals, we're going to do it with silicon MEMS technology. If you think about it, everything is getting siliconized, right? I mean, where you started with vacuum tubes and transistors and then moved to ICs. You started with incandescent bulbs, and now you are using LED bulbs. You started with moving hard disk drives, and now you have solid-state drives. So everything, in a way, is getting siliconized, and we think timing also is getting siliconized in the same way. Because silicon is one of the most unique technologies on the planet, which basically gives you more features, higher performance, better reliability, lower cost over the long term. It just gives you a whole bunch of benefits that you can't get with the incumbent technology. Would bringing in a silicon base, a different technology, require me to alter the design? Would it be a disrupted design on my part as an engineer who's doing the design for the networking device, for example? Good question. You can do 
two or three different things. Many of the silicon MEMS timing devices are pin and function compatible to quartz timing devices. So, I mean, ultimately a clock is a square wave. It has certain characteristics. And so if you make the device pin compatible, and if you make the device function compatible, your rise times, your fall times, your jitter, all that specs remain the same, then you can use MEMS and quartz interchangeably. So that's one thing you could do. To really take advantage of some of the features that we offer, you may have to change your design. So for example, some of our devices come with an I2C interface, a serial bus. And what that allows you to do is make changes to the system on the board. And so when you do that, you can actually incorporate new features into your system that you were not able to do before. But for that, you have to change your design. So it's completely your choice which way you want to do it. How has the acceleration of digital transformation impacted the engineering of timing technology? So as I talked about, timing is the heartbeat of electronics. Pretty much any electronic device will require timing. There's something else going on in the world outside. Electronics is changing. And we are now in the era of intelligent connected devices. Every electronic device that you use now is likely connected and likely can make decisions on their own through some kind of intelligence on the device. So these modern devices are always connected. They're fast and easy to use. They always use the cloud for data and they're making decisions and getting smarter. And for them to work correctly, you need very fast, reliable infrastructure. And that means an ultra-fast network that never fails. And then you have processing on the local device, on the edge, and on the core. And you need your data to be synchronized across all these different devices. Now, this has a very important role to play in the evolution of the timing market. Because electronics is changing, timing needs to change also. Because timing is the heartbeat of electronics. So we'll show you how the changes make the systems better. So here's an example of a car today, which is very different than the car from the 1990s to 2010s, right? I mean, this car has cameras, domain controllers, cockpit management, radar, ethernet, etc. There's a whole bunch of stuff that it has. Previously, it had only isolated sensors. It had some microcontrollers. And to transfer data, it had something called the CAN bus. Today, you have a lot more sensors, meaning, for example, a car now ships with six to eight cameras. You've got very powerful processors to take all the input, the data that is coming in from the cameras. You're processing this data on the car itself with kind of like a mini data center. And then to transmit data all around, you have very high speed Ethernet in a car, which was unheard of a decade ago. And in the future, it's going to change even more. There's going to be more features added internally, plus V2X infrastructure is going to be added. And all of this has to work in very challenging environments, minus what, 40 to 125C, intense shock and vibration, for example. It's got to work in that. So this is an example of an intelligent connected electronic device that is facing a lot of challenging conditions in the environment in which it operates. And for that to work, the devices need precision timing. And so what does precision timing mean? It's basically timing that enables electronic products to be smarter, faster, and safer by delivering precise, reliable clock signals that always work in every environment. And for this to happen, the precision timing category uses semiconductor technology, systems innovation, and programmability. So that's how we define precision timing. Can you explain a little bit more about the requirements for precision timing? 
Now, if you look at precision timing and network infrastructure, here's your classic diagram of a network. You've got the 5G radio network here. You've got the core, edge, and access networks here. And then you've got the data center here. Every one of these nodes in the network, every one of them, must be synchronized with each other, meaning they should be at the same time with respect to each other. If they are at the same time, then the data communications becomes a lot faster. Not just that. So your data throughput is faster, but your latency through the network from here to here is even lower because now you can take time for granted in the system rather than transmitting the time, making sure the system gets it, acknowledges it back, and then you do the transfer of data. Instead, you're eliminating all that overhead by making sure everything's on the, all on the same time. And so time synchronization is a new concept that is becoming very, very prevalent in modern networks, especially on the network infrastructure side. Can you briefly describe the different types of oscillators and the applications for which they are best intended for use? Now, if you look at the time error, how much error can the system tolerate? If you're in home electronics, you can tolerate errors of 10 milliseconds. That's not a problem. If you're on mobile IoT devices, maybe a microsecond. If the time error is more than that, you'll probably end up dropping calls and things like that. But if you go to network infrastructure, the time error is 130 nanoseconds. And so you're seeing a 10,000x more accurate from here to here, and then a 10x more accurate from here to here. So in the network infrastructure, you need time to be very, very, very accurate. And for that to happen, basically, for time to be very accurate, there are the oscillator that is used to provide time. These are some of the key specs of that oscillator. So stability over temperature expressed as PPB or PPM. Delta T is the rate of change of frequency with changes in temperature. Aging, how much is the frequency change every day? How much does it change over 10 to 20 years? What is something called Allen deviation, which is a frequency stability over a very short period, one second, 10 seconds kind of thing. And that is very helpful and necessary to implement GPS. HDEV is a different function, holdover, and resilience against external disturbers. So these are all the different things that can impact an oscillator's performance. Now, you just mentioned that the, within the space of OCXO, there are possibly 10 suppliers. How unique is site time's delivery compared to the other nine? So we are the only ones doing this with MEMS. Everybody else is doing it with quartz. The benefit of MEMS, as I said earlier in the presentation, is lower power and all that. But we are the only mm -hmm. ones doing that. That's the fundamental difference. Can you share the types of industries that have tested the technology? Two aspects to this. One is, if you look at MEMS technology, which is the heart of this OCXO, MEMS technology has been tested way back since 2007 when we shipped our first product. So it's been a long time. I mean, there's been a lot of testing done. If you look specifically at the EPIC platform, the OCXO, the technology that goes into that, that particular technology has been tested not just by our customers for the last few years, but it's been tested by us. So this EPIC platform, we got first samples of this about five, six months ago, and we've been in the lab just throwing stuff at it and making sure it works, which is typically what every semiconductor company will do, right? I mean, they'll do PVT, process voltage, temperature variations on the device and then test the heck out of it. We will test these devices like crazy at high temperatures, low temperatures, voltage variations, high and low voltages, process variations, everything to make sure it is solid. 
So there's a fair amount of that kind of work that has also been done. There's a blog post by Meta saying that seeing the value and importance of timing in the context of running data centers and networks. If you were to introduce this to the Meta engineers at this stage, what would you expect would be direction be for them? And what would it change as far as not just the Meta engineers uh, running the data centers, but presumably every data center that operator these days? It's a good question, right? I mean, what would if we were to go introduce it to a meta, you'd said meta, but let's basically call it any cloud service provider. We actually have. We've already sampled this device to a few of them, and they are in extensive evaluations right now. What we can say is that they like the part, the the resilience of the MEMS technology, how stable it is, how reliable it is in performance. When you have vibration, a lot of fans in data centers, that will cause vibration. When you have shock, when a car goes over a bump, you have shock then. Oh, another example of vibration is that you have a radio sitting on top of an electricity pole and a big truck or a big car goes by. That thing's going to shake like crazy. Or for that matter, you have a radio on the side of a stadium and there are like 80,000 people going in and out of the stadium, that thing's going to shake like crazy. So these are all real life examples that we've seen. Uh, An example of shock is basically our devices are used in, for example, mining detonators. And you're like, wait, why are you using us in mining detonators? Well, think about it. In mining, a sequence of charges are kept at different intervals from each other. And there is a very systematic way of exploding those charges to make sure you get the maximum impact. If you're deconstructing a house, you want these charges to go off at very specific times. Timing matters because you have to do it in a certain sequence and it has to be accurate because if you're not, then the things will go out of whack. So we've actually got feedback from a lot of customers both during the definition of the product and now with sampling customers already, we've already started early sampling of customers and the feedback has been tremendously positive. In the area of industrial automations, where we are starting to see quite a bit of dialogue with uh, some of the executives we speak to, how do you see, where do you see it being most critical for those in the industrial automation space? So a variety of different applications. We have applications in, for example, factory robots. We have applications where they're using us in servo motors. So which these servo motors are basically used for moving things along a factory production line, for example. We are used in that. Not this specific product, but in general, MEMS technology is used in, MEMS timing is used in that. Another industrial application could be power grid. So just like a network needs to be very accurate from a time point of view, there are similar requirements in power grids for doing load balancing and a bunch of different things. Uh, And we are used in that too. We actually, out of our 300 applications, I would venture to guess that about 200 of them are in industrial. Factory automation, programmable computers, servo motors, mining detonators. I mean, you name it. We, We just, I mean, we learned so much from this market because of all the applications that we see there. Why do you think inaccurate timing poses risk to applications such as smart cities or even the general aspect of the digital economy? 
Um, so smart cities, digital economy, they're all systems that at some level will use some hardware. I mean, digital economy, I mean, you're storing data on the cloud. Your data on your local computer has to be synchronized to the data on the cloud, because if it is not synchronized, then you're going to have data errors between the two. So right. there is hardware, the local the local disk or solid state drive and the cloud disk or solid state drive and the network that is used to transmit this data back and forth. If that does not work reliably and there is data corruption, the economy is not going to work. I mean, for example, AI. In AI, you're moving very large amounts of data, large language models and all that stuff, right? You're moving it from one place to another, which means you need very high-speed data networks. They, cloud service providers who offer AI services are now installing 800G optical fiber to transmit data between different locations. For an 800G optical fiber, the timing margin is really small because you're transmitting so much data in such a short period of time. So the amount of margin that you have for errors is really, really small. I mean, for example, compared to a 100 gigabit network, an 800 gigabit network needs timing to be about 10 times more, more accurate, 10 times. So as these networks evolve, as the digital economy evolves, you will need timing to perform well. Because if it doesn't, the entire system is not going to work. Oh, another great example, uh, remote surgery. If you're, if a doctor is doing remote surgery, and it's a scary concept to me, I'll be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the other side. Yeah, but it's happening, right? I mean, people are doing this now. The latency, the amount of time between when the doctor does something and it actually happens on the other end has to be very, very small. Because if the latency is not small and there's a delay, the doctor may be doing something and on the other side, things might be getting happening at a delayed state. That doesn't work. Or if you're in an automated car and it's driving itself, the amount of latency between the car and the network has to be very, very small so that the car can do real-time action. Well, the lower the latency, the better you need a timing device that is better to get lower latency. Yeah, so ultimately, we, we like to say timing is everything. We Timing, I mean, everything depends on timing. Oh, by the way, you called it platform. Why call it platform? Very good question. So in the analog market, in the analog semiconductor market, you build a device that can be customized in many different ways. So we've built this platform out of which we'll make 10, 15, 20, what we call derivatives, which are small modifications of the platform, whether it's in a different package, whether it is, say, this device is minus 40 to 95 degrees C. Someone may want a better performance over a very limited temperature range from, say, 10 to 20 degrees C. That's a derivative. So we can make all these different derivatives. So when we introduce these products, these are major platforms that we introduce which can be customized in a variety of different ways, which are derivatives. And that's pretty common in the analog semiconductor industry. That was Piyush Savalia, Executive Vice President Marketing at SciTime on the topic of precision timing in the intelligent economy. You are listening to podcasts for future IoT. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future IoT. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future IoT. Bye for now.